Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Well, hello. It is great to be with you. Today, we want to talk about making space for people in our ordinary lives. And this is something that I think many of us probably would like to do more of. It could be as simple as whenever you're taking a walk, noticing a neighbor and being able to have enough spaciousness in your calendar that you can stop and chat for a little bit and be connected to people who you know you run into ordinarily. And so as I bring up this topic of making space for people in our ordinary lives, what comes up for the two of you? In my life, I've noticed that this practice of paying attention, and specifically when I'm walking in nature, paying attention to flowers, birds, etc., I think it's opened me up to pay attention more to people. And so with that, when I'm doing errands, noticing, oh, the cashier's name tag says Judy. So I can say, hi, Judy. Thanks, Judy, acknowledging their name. Or, you know, if I'm running across someone that has really cute earrings, hey, waitress named whoever, I really like your earrings. And just that simple act of kind of expansiveness of noticing, of being aware, not only of my surroundings and nature, but people, boy, it just makes life so much richer. And so I really like the fact that these practices that we're describing really can be integrated in some of the most mundane things that we experience. And again, it's not like earth shattering that I told Judy hi or thanked her by name, but I think it's those little things that then, I don't know, make the day a little bit more richer and remind me that these are actual people in front of me, not just a cog in the machine to get me to point A to point B. I agree. And I think this is a skill in a way that has developed more and more the older I get. I think when I was young, I felt super embarrassed about interacting with people. My mother would really be interactive with people and she would even like kind of reach out and, you know, laugh and kind of push them a little bit. And I used to think, oh my gosh, she like pushed that person. And so I just thought, not me, I'm not going to do that kind of stuff. And then I found myself doing the exact same thing to people as I started to get older. Uh, And then realizing I enjoyed connection, but it's not just like, oh, somehow born and innate. It's this kind of recognizing how much more meaningful it is when I'm operating in the world as if everyone is us, right? As if every there's this connecting aspect. We are all people. We are, And hearing your story is somehow delightful. So I feel like this has developed and become stronger even as time has gone on. Yeah, I want to just build off of that and clarify, I am a very high introvert. So this does not come natural to me. I am stay in my own corner, do my thing. I'm also a pretty efficient person. And so I remember years ago reading in the Bible where Paul says, greet, greet so-and-so or greet this person or greet one another with a holy kiss and really feeling like, wow, I can go, I can go into like a room or a situation and not greet people. Like even in work situations, like I would just kind of go to go to my office and do my thing. And so I appreciate that you naming this is a skill that is practice can be learned. We can grow in. It doesn't necessarily have to be our, our natural go-to. Uh, yeah. I like what both of you are naming. Uh, one, I think is an awareness piece of those around us. And I think the second thing that I'm hearing is a connectedness to 
to all of life. And I think a story that comes up for me, well, just to say, this is kind of like, I really like making space for people in my ordinary life. I'm an adventurous person. Uh, so I've always sort of made room for this in my schedule um, to, to be present to people and to, to ask people questions. But I think, you know, like you're saying, like this is a skill that we can grow into. And specifically, I feel like I've grown into more awareness and more connectedness to people uh, over the past you know, couple of years. And going back to the example, I was dropping some tables off for a contemplative event that, that we're going to be having uh, here in the future. And I was putting the tables where they needed to go. And I ran into the person who was cleaning the building. And we got to, you know, chatting a little bit and just making conversation. Uh, but we both uh, started talking about our children. And uh, it, it turned funny really quickly. Um, you know, it's like we both have teenage girls and, and, you know, both of us rolling our eyes and talking about the drama uh, that could be around teenage girls and, you know, fighting and arguing. And, and so we were talking about that and, you know, he just said, you know, I have a quick story and, you know, he started sharing that he had an older daughter who actually died a few years back. Um, and he was talking about just all the, the circumstances, but what it boiled down to is yes, my two girls that I have now, um, they have drama and sometimes life can be hectic and crazy, but you know what? They're still with me and I would trade, I, I would trade anything, you know, I would trade drama. I would trade hecticness, chaos, um, loud volumes, uh, at all hours of the day. Uh, I would, I, I would gladly take those things and and be able to have them than not have them and i thought you know wow thank you so much for like you don't really talk about stuff like that with you know people that you that you come across and you just like hey how's it going and so you know i i felt like having spaciousness to allow a conversation to happen between me and this person who was cleaning uh, it's like you know i do have some challenges with my kids but he's right you know like I'm connected to him and I'm connected to his story and I have more gratitude and more patience for, you know, some of the things that are coming up in my own children's life. That's a big story. And it just so much gravity to it. Uh, and yet I also appreciate kind of how it comes about this notion of if you just make a little bit of space, the reality is, we all have stories. We all have this life that we're living and a little bit of space. It doesn't take very much for those stories to come out, which is so remarkable. I've sometimes just been with people, a little bit of vulnerability on our part, a little bit of opening, and people go, oh, this is what it is. This is what we're doing. And uh, I remember one time I was uh, in a social experience, and the person is probably like 30 years older than me. So I was still in an, an age where age mattered. I, I think like, right, the older you get, age becomes a little bit more fuzzy about how, how far apart it matters. Like little kids, like six months 
and you are so much older. Like you're really winning. But then you get older, things change. Uh, and this woman who was probably several decades older than me was like, I don't know why I just told you that. I never talked to anybody like this. I think that is sort of how it works, that if we are just a little bit kind, if we just notice, like Christina, you were saying, noticing the name of somebody at the grocery store, a little bit of life comes out. You find out that they have a family and they have kids. They're not just a checker behind a conveyor belt, if you will. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that that I, I hear a saying is, you know, developing uh, an attentiveness. So when we're in the presence of others, we can we can have a spaciousness if we have um, room for, you know, the ability to be present to someone in the very moment that we're in. And, you know, there's a saying, I forget how it goes. It's like the most important time is now and the most important person is the one that's right in front of you. And that's so challenging uh, to actually live and walk out because we've got lists going in our head. We've got things that need to get done. And, you know, sometimes our attentiveness is, you know, pointing toward, towards those things. You know, our eyes are wondering when we're in conversations with people and people pick up on those cues, you know, those social cues of, oh, this person needs needs to go or they don't pick up on the cue and you have to, you have to extract yourself. But, you know, I think just that awareness piece of this person is in front of me. This person has a beautiful story. If I can just listen and be present to their story. Another thing that comes up for me is this idea of being willing to be interrupted and uh, I spend a lot of time at a local monastery and the way that they track their time is through bells. And so, you know, there's the, at the hour mark, whatever time it is at the half hour mark, there's one bell, but then there's twice a day where they have communal prayer and it's a really loud ringing of the bells. And when you hear the bell, you are encouraged or instructed to stop whatever you're doing. So if you're, you know, working in the garden or whatever it is, you stop what you're doing. You don't try to squeeze more in and then you go to the communal prayer. And then I think meal is after that. And there's something about that uh, practice in the old monastic days of the, the bell saying, okay, now's the time to, to, to attend to this other thing. You know, we don't have that in our modern world, but gosh, I get interrupted all the time. And, you know, I think that there's a different posture that we can hold of, you know, I've got this to-do list to get done, or I've got to get these three things before I do this next thing rather than, okay, I'm interrupted by this person has a story to share. You know, Chris, you were just trying to set up tables and get out of there. I'm sure you had other things to do that day, but you made time for this person. And to your point, it was a heavier, heavier story. So it's not like, you're just going to be like, okay, thanks. Bye. (laughs) You know, kind of sitting and, and letting that story linger a little bit with this human being. And so I think that's something that comes up for me is this willingness to allow interruptions in my life and to be flexible in um, choosing relationship over task. And obviously there's certain things that have to get done. And, you know, I'm not, if you have to pick up your kid from school by a certain time, you know, et cetera, I, I, I'm not advocating for irresponsibility, but I do think that there's a lot of room, at least in my own life, where I can flex out a little bit to allow for more spaciousness. No. Yeah. That interruptibility aspect is, I mean, just this morning, we, the morning routine is intense. And the little one was like, I want a snuggle hug. And I was like, okay, stop for snuggle hug. Because it's not that much time, really, 
and it makes a big difference, but it can feel like, nope, we got to move, we got to move, we got to move. And, and not just with them, I'll feel that way through anything. If um, someone, you know, I have admin work to get done, but I also do connecting work with people. And if someone suddenly connects and we, I wasn't planning on that, I might really get sucked into whatever they're doing and then turn back and think, oh man, all this actual work, you know, as if like the people were not actual um, work. And so it's, it's been this whole process my entire life of realizing that in reality, I choose the people, but I'm always feeling um, irresponsible sometimes for choosing the people. So there is sort of that internal struggle that's at least worth being aware of, noticing, feeling. And I think that's very culturally driven and, of course, also personality driven. Chris, to your point, for years you've practiced margin, spaciousness. And so, you know, it is not a big deal for you to, like, you don't like to do lists or, you know, those sorts of things. You'd much rather be with a person and, and let things evolve, I think, personality wise. But culturally speaking, too, I think there's this pressure in us of like, what did you do today and the utilitarianness of our society? And so I think that that, you know, the ability to, yep, I did. I just spent, you know, and, and it's not like even, you know, Chris, your story was beautiful, but sometimes we have a conversation and it's not some big spiritual moment, but we did hear about the person's, you know, hunting trip or bingo game that they did or whatever it was. Right. And that's important as well. It doesn't have to be now this is leading to some like big God moment either. So I think that's important to name. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's important to name. And I think it's important to teach this to younger generations as well. And I think one of the ways that I'm uh, conscious of doing that is at school, uh, when, I, when I go to pick up my kids, I don't sit in my car. I get out of my car and I stand next to the other parents that have just anticipation on their face, waiting to see their kids come out. And that's that's a time of my day every day that I know I'm going to be there. And so I've developed an attentiveness to the parents that are waiting there for their kids. And my my son, Sean, uh, he loves being first. He loves to be the first one out the school door and the first one that's to spot one. You know, he he has to go to spot one and uh, other kids have to go to spot four. And and he's always the first one. But one of the things that I really appreciate about um, just the spaciousness is every day he's the first one. And he always waits. We have a we have another friend and he pounds it with a dad and he waits on his his little friend that's not even in his class. But this is the only connection point in the day that he has with his little friend. And his friend is often the last one there. And so we just sit there and we wait and, you know, he waits for that pound. And then we walk to our our cars together. And, you know, we don't really you we talk about grilling, barbecue, days off. We talk about things like that, but it allows for a connectedness to, to individuals in our community that I don't think, you know, we would normally have if we didn't have that, that sort of meetup uh, at the end of day at school. And so I, I've really enjoyed being able to have a spaciousness um, and teach spaciousness to my kids. I think that's super important. 
And I appreciate that there's something built into your schedule. And I think in my life too, I, I don't do as well with spontaneity. I'm trying to be more open to the interruptions, but there are parts of my day where I specifically, most days of the week, do not schedule something in that afternoon. Like when the kids come home from school and have a snack, there's like a 20 minute window where you just get all the good stories. And when they're walking in the door and they're hungry and then they go on their way and, and I can go on my way. And so I've built that into my schedule where there's certain times, times of the day where I, I don't have any work because I want to be super present. And that's a really sacred time to me. Other people, maybe it's morning hours or evening hours. And so I think even that that example that you gave is a wonderful one. I um, heard once about a professor too, that specifically would um, walk from one, like from one end of campus to the next, he would allow himself 20 minutes to walk to his classroom because he wanted to be able to bump into students along the way. And so there was this, whatever class in his schedule, he, he had that margin to do, and he was very specific and intentional around that. And so I do think that there can be some intentional intentionality to our margin that maybe, again, I think fits my personality type a little bit better. Yeah, I think I have to similarly build things in to, to avoid the stress. But then uh, I guess there are the moments that come out of nowhere. That, Chris, as you were sharing your story, uh, last night I dropped one child off for a choir concert. She had to be there crazy early, way before the concert. And I was waiting at this intersection and this father was coming with his little daughter who's on like a bicycle with the training wheels and he's making sure that I'm going to stay put. And so I like wave that I'm definitely staying put. And this little girl looks me directly in the eye as she rolls by with this little smile on her face. Like she was so excited and proud to be outside. And I left that moment, like several blocks. I was still like probably like this dopamine experience, right? Where this little girl and I had made this eye-to-eye connection. Like, do you see what I'm doing right now? And I was like, yes, I do. I see what you're doing. And so these come out of nowhere, right? You didn't know they were coming at all. And they're just delightful. Yeah, I appreciate what the two stories that you guys have lifted up, you know, making space. Uh, it's it's funny, you know, uh, the intention, intentionality part that you guys, you know, that you, you make space. In fact, if you were to look at Christine and I's calendar, you know, we could be working the same time, the same day and meet, you know, probably the same amount of people. But if you look at the margin, uh, you know, between my next meeting and the margin between her next meeting, you know, I, I have about 15 minutes extra time built into my schedule, you know, just because um, that's I probably need more time. And so I think, you know, looking at your personality, looking at your your tendency to um, to to get into conversations in the first place. And then just making room for ordinary things to happen in our lives. Well, what a fun conversation. Uh, Thank you so much. We're moving on to the next part of our podcast where we talk about what we are into. What are we into today? Well, you know how sometimes we're into things because we're forced into them. Uh, In this case, we have a child who needs to be on a low FODMAP diet for a few weeks so we can figure out what irritates the stomach. And, you know, I initially got this sheet and it was like the foods you can have and the foods you can't have. And I, I sat there trying to formulate a menu and I thought, no way, Jose, I'm not like forming a menu based on what I can and cannot have. This is gonna be just as fun as any other time. So we bought a cookbook. Like I did a little bit of research and they they said, 
out of all these things, I've had to do this for a really long time, this is the best cookbook. And I thought, perfect, you have a lot of experience. So we got the cookbook and we're perusing through it together and we're gonna make a menu and no quality of life will be lost for being on a low FODMAP diet. That is going to be the deal. I love how you're weaving fun into FOB. I don't know, what's the word FODMAP? FODMAP, F-O-D as in David, M-A-P. Okay, FODMAP, love it. I'm learning new words. Well, I am into lakes. Uh, we live by a couple of lakes and I have just really been appreciating kind of the differences of the lakes by us. We have some, you know, kind of smaller lakes, uh, one particular lake where, you know, kayaking is available. We're leaving uh, tomorrow for vacation. We'll be around some different types of lakes. And so I've just really been appreciating differences of lakes and the beauty and the calmness and the stillness, as well as the adventure and fun that lakes have to offer. Nice. I think similar to our topic today and some of the things that we've brought forth, uh, spaciousness and awareness. Um, I just discovered that the smell of rain uh, has a specific name. Petrichor, I guess, is the name of the smell of rain. And it's been raining a lot, uh, kind of off and on. And so one of the things that I've been sort of setting my attention to is this idea of smelling the rain right before it comes. So Petrichor, I've been into Petrichor. Well, thank you so much for the awesome conversation and as you, have may, you may have picked up on, we very much value community and relationship here at The Contemplative Life. And so we'd love it if you had a moment to drop us a line, maybe tell us where you're listening from, or even let us know if you have questions or topics you'd like to see addressed here on the podcast. You can find all of our contact information on our website, thecontemplativelife.net. Until next time, make it a great week.